0: Okay, okay. Welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You From? So in this episode, we go really deep into dating and relationships. I didn't expect to share so much about my personal life, but there you go. It just all came out and it's here for you to listen in the next half an hour or so. So I hope you enjoy. If you're new to this podcast, we are a podcast all to do with learning about life as a British-born Chinese or a British-born minority, wherever you're from, we're all inclusive. So on this podcast, I talk about life as a British-born Chinese, from family life to work, dating, relationships, food, racism and general culture. So I hope you enjoy. If you haven't been here before, please do slide into my DMs at vivthediv.com and please share your thoughts with me. I've had so many of you get in touch way more than I ever, ever thought would ever get in touch with me after releasing the podcast a week ago, and it's been amazing seeing all these people messaging me, talking about their own stories to do with racism, growing up as a minority, people who are white who can relate to it because they've had mixed Eurasian backgrounds or just just a melting pot of cultures, and... And that's what it's all about. It's all about sharing stories, having a laugh, trying to get through this coronavirus lockdown together. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please let me know any thoughts you do have. And I hope you're doing well. Please let me know what you've been up to. Have you been making puzzles, baking? Have you been watching Disney Plus like I have, going for runs, relaxing? Let me know what you've been doing. All right. See you later. Enjoy the podcast. Where you from? Dating and relationships. This is a juicy one because I love talking about dating and relationships. I love listening to podcasts about people sending in their dilemmas about people they're dating or situationships and their relationships. So if you have any dating dilemmas or any dilemmas in general that you want to send in, please, I mean, I don't know whether I can be trusted to provide you with good advice, but who knows, you might get something out of it I've never been told that I'm good with advice. However, I'm pretty sensible most of the time, and I've definitely 100% learned from my mistakes in the past. And I've made a fuck ton. So there you go. I might as well make those mistakes so you don't have to. So before we get into the podcast, I just told my mum that it's amazing that we're reaching out to. All you British-born Chinese people across the world, it looks like. I just spoke to someone on Instagram who was listening from Barcelona. And then I've been speaking to a girl named Carly who's listening in Scotland. And and then I told my mum this and she was amazed. And then she just went, are you making any money from this podcast? God damn it. So typically Asian. And then I said, no, I'm not at the moment. And then she said, you need to make money because you need to survive especially at the moment. (laughs) And she's got a good point, but at the moment I don't think this podcast can be commercialised at this stage. I mean, if you have any branded sponsorships, I'd be more than happy to have a chat. However, that's not the point of making this. Anyway, we're not going into selling mode. That's my day job. The evening job is to just literally chat shit all night. And I wanted to start off with a Comment from Carly. So she is a listener who reached out to me who lives in Scotland and she's got the most amazing Scottish accent. So she wrote down a few points which I wanted to address. So she asked me about what my parents' takeaway was called in Chinese. So it was called Emerald's Chinese takeaway. So I just had to go into my mum's room to ask her and it's apparently Fei Choi was the name in Chinese which translates into Emerald. And then she also talked about the representation with American-born Asians. So she said, I agree with you that abc slash ABAs have more representation, but it is also sadly nowhere near where it should be. I think about this a lot too, and I wonder if Asian representation is more visible because A, They lump together Korean, Japanese, and other Asian ethnicities. And B, also because they are more vast and have had more migrant communities. And C, access to the industry, i.e. Hollywood. Whereas in the UK, it is primarily Chinese and less population. Which, she makes really valid points. And I I bet Carly is the type of person to get A-stars in her essays. Because she really explained that eloquently and broke down those points very logically and systematically which is something that I struggle to do. Don't know whether you've noticed from the structure of these podcasts, i.e. there is very little structure, and I have to remind myself to create structure because we're all creatures of habit. But Carly explained that really well, and I do agree with that. So I think if you guys have any thoughts on that, we'll be more than happy to hear. I totally agree that there are probably geographical factors in the sense that there's less there's less of other types of Asians within the u k and there's less of us because we are smaller as a country, but nevertheless, there's still a large amount of us. I actually don't know the number, so let's google it right now. Chinese people in the u k let's see how many British Chinese there are in the u k so there's four hundred and thirty three thousand people in the u k that are British Chinese. That is a that is a staggering amount of people that makes up 0.7 percent of the uk's population so these are stats from 2011 and i'm sure that's probably risen if i'm honest that was how many years ago nine years ago so that's probably more than what that stated there so let's say half a million people that's still a staggeringly amount of people that aren't being represented And I can't believe I included some kind of data statistics in my podcast. I feel very grown up. And then going back to Carly's message, her fourth point. The first point actually was the fact that she mentioned she loved the fact that I said wanker within the first few seconds of the first episode. I didn't mean to. I thought that was just going to be a rough cut, but then I just decided to go along with it because you know, whatever. Um, So the fourth point was, regarding Crazy Rich Asians, I have a lot of thoughts on this too, and would be interested to hear what you thought. I thought it was important in terms of what it did with Hollywood, cast and crew and story, but it also fell so short of what it could be in my opinion. It was a very niche and stereotypical portrayal of a very tiny percentage of Chinese Singaporean Asian. A year prior to that, Get Out was released and was huge for both black representation and for engaging and really propelling the discussion around America's racial politics. I wonder when we, the Chinese Asian community, might get something like that. And so Carly and I actually took this discussion offline briefly on Instagram DMs and we talked about, she mentioned the film by Aquafina, this amazing Asian comedian and she starred in a film called The Farewell and it won an award at the Golden Globes as well and it was so much more in line with what we see in traditional Chinese families particularly from uh, second-generation people. And that didn't get as much hype as Crazy Rich Asians did, for whatever reason. So there is definitely something to be said for the fact that Crazy Rich Asians only represents a minority in terms of what general day-to-day life is like as being a Chinese family. Um, the only thing that I could relate to was the fact that they mentioned dumplings a lot. I couldn't relate to the fact that they had a massive house and they, they'd go away and amazing Hindus and stuff like that. I, I wish that was, yeah, I wish I was one of those crazy rich Asians. Unfortunately, I'm not. I am crazy and I am Asian, so that's probably where the similarities end. And then she kindly said, You're funny, which is really kind. Thank you so much. I like how open you are to sharing what made you think about your identity more with regards to your work. If you are comfortable, could you share more? How did your journey continue? So, of course, I think that we're going to do a podcast around careers and work. And I'd love to hear how you guys got to where you are, what sectors you're in, what you're doing at the moment. What passions do you have what did you study at uni, everything like that. So we'll do an entirely different podcast around that because I definitely think that deserves the attention in terms of talking about working and our careers. And then lastly, she said, also, wish the podcast was longer. So I've been trying to really (laughs) make them a bit longer because the first one was 15 minutes. So I've made them now 30 minutes long, which seems probably about right at the moment. I can only talk for so long. I can only stand... The sound of my voice for so long. I'll see how it gets to. If we feel like it should be any longer, we'll make it longer. At the moment, I feel like half an hour is about right. Although I'm not counting, it just so happens to fall around half an hour by the time I've finished chatting all my bullshit. So if you want to follow Wu Kali, she is W U and then K A R L I E on Instagram. So here's where I spill the beans on my dating life thus far. Um, It's really not that interesting. I've had some funny stories, but we're going to keep this PG, okay? We're going to just keep it on topic, talking about dating and relationships in regards to being British-born Chinese. And if you want to hear some of the more explicit stories, feel free to drop me a DM and I might send you some. No, I probably won't, there's not actually anything that bad. I'm making out as if some really horrific things have happened, and they really haven't. Anyway, so when it comes to dating, so within my family, I'm the youngest. I have my sister, who's a twin sister, Stephanie, and then I have my older sister, Natalie, who's two and a half years older than us. So she was the first person to get a boyfriend when she turned 16. And mum and dad said to us that ideally we can't start dating until we reached university or even after university, I think at some point they said. And clearly that didn't work with us being teenage girls. Um, Not that I had a lot of interest. I remember in high school, I had zero interest in high school. I'm not even joking. The first kiss that I had was one of those defridging moments where it happened at a social club and it wasn't like anything special. I think I was 15 at the time. If anyone hasn't heard of the term defridging, it basically means whether you've been kissed or not. So if you were a fridge, you had never been kissed. And if you were a freezer, then you had been kissed. School was so stupid. Anyway, so yeah, up until I was 15 or 16, I had no interest from boys. I had interest in boys, <laughs> but it just wasn't reciprocated. <laughs> I can deal with that now. It's okay. I've been to therapy. But at the time, I didn't have any interest until I got to around college. And my sister kind of paved the way with having those really difficult conversations with mum and dad about dating. And I think my mum found out first that she, my sister, was seeing someone. um, And then dad slowly found out. So that kind of meant that it was fine for us when we turned 16 for us to do the same. So... Cheers Nat for that. And so I had been on a couple of dates and Race didn't really come into it at all, really. It was just kind of a guy that was interested, then he wasn't. And then in terms of boyfriends in general, I've had one, two, three, four, five, six boyfriends. Whoa, that seems like loads when you spell it out that way. But it's fine. We're not gonna slut shame here. You're in a safe space, it's okay. I'm literally reassuring myself right now. (laughs) No one is telling me that it's not fine. Anyway, so one of those boyfriends, I won't say which one, but his family, well, his, his dad in particular, supported UKIP. And myself and my ex would have massive arguments about this and just how contradictory it was for the fact that he was dating a Chinese person And he adopted a lot of the same views that his dad had in terms of very, very right-wing views in terms of race. And so we really struggled with that. And we, we, towards the end of the relationship, it was a very loving relationship. It was quite a healthy relationship. But towards the end, we definitely argued a lot. And because of that, there was too much disparity within our views. But having said that, when I think about how he was with adopting my culture he was great. Like he loved coming to the takeaway, ordering food. He even worked there for a bit as a delivery driver. He would visit my parents. He knew how to use chopsticks, which is obviously big tick in any kind of Asian family box. And he adopted a lot of, showed him, karaoke he loved as well. And so hopefully, if anything, he's taken away a bit of that and that potentially might might change his views in terms of immigrants coming into the country etc because he was invited and welcomed into a family born being immigrants essentially so other boyfriends there was one boyfriend who just wasn't particularly interested he was quite boring anyway he was kind of just a non-boyfriend I wouldn't even say he was a boyfriend I, I dated him for about nine months and he was just a bit meh so we'll move on from him um and I actually dated one Asian guy so out of me and my sisters. So my sister is married to a half Chinese, half English called Leo. He's great. He's probably listened to this. He's the first person to listen to my podcasts. So hi Leo. And then my sister Stephanie, she's not dated anyone Asian. So I think in terms of Asian guys, it's been Natalie who's married to Leo and then myself who I dated a Chinese guy. And that was really interesting because it was the first time that I felt like I didn't need to have my culture explained to my boyfriend. It was just a given. You know, we didn't have to explain what dim sum was or the fact that we eat with chopsticks or the fact that we drink tap water out of mugs and not glasses. Does anyone else do that, by the way? Because some of my Chinese friends do that as well, where we we just don't have any glasses in the house and we just have mugs of water or juice or whatever it might be. Um, Let me know whether you do, because don't know whether it's specifically an Asian thing or not. And that was obviously, I probably took that for granted. Uh, We didn't, it didn't work out. We were just way too different in terms of our personalities. But that's something that, as I've gotten older, I've kind of thought about the fact that that's probably quite important. If I want my children to retain some Chinese heritage, then having someone that at least understands that and wants to adopt that is probably very important. And dating an asian person and not having to explain or or introduce them to a culture that they may not have been exposed to beforehand would be quite handy but having said that in terms of who i usually date i tend to go towards white guys a lot more and i think it's probably the fact that i grew up in a suburban area where there were white guys in my school like I said before in previous episodes there's hardly any asian guys around and so i would say i'm probably more attracted to white guys in terms of physique usually um culture-wise as well but i do think there is something missing in terms of if you if you aren't open to understanding where i come from and the fact that it is so important to me then it's probably, it's not as attractive to me. But having said that, I don't tend to find Asian guys as attractive. Um, I tend to find they're way less forthcoming. Um, And from experience of having Asian guy friends and just the interactions that I've had, I tend to find that Asian guys, not all, and this is completely a blanket statement here, and it doesn't apply to every Asian guy, but from what I've seen that they're more, they're looking for more kind of traditional Chinese girls who aren't going to make a podcast about dating them. So I think I'm probably a bit too out of the box in in that sense but I'm waiting to be proven wrong. I'm I'm totally open to it and it's not something that I definitely would shut down. It just depends on the person, doesn't it? I think as long as there's physical attraction, they have really good values and morals. They've got their shit together, a good job that they enjoy, uh, which is really important. They've got a roof over their head. They're not still living at home with their parents like like I am, but I am moving out soon. But you know, massive hypocrite here but you know as long as they have those morals and values that you share and there's you fancy them then I'm really open to it but so far I've not come across any um and I do think that is because there's half a million British Chinese people in the UK and half of them so that's 250,000 will be men and then within that 250,000 there might be say 25% of those who are within my age bracket so what's what's a quarter of 250,000 right I told you I was bad at maths because I've just had to google it (laughs) I'm not gonna pretend that I knew that off the top of my head but it's 62,500 if you did know that and you did work that in your head then kudos to you but we've got calculators for that now so stop showing off anyway so from that 62,500 people men that are in my age bracket, let's say half of those I fancy, that's 31,250. That sounds like quite a lot actually. I probably miscalculated this, it's probably less than 25% of that 250,000 that are within my age bracket. You get my point? Basically there's not that many Asian guys out there to date and that's why go for whatever's out there. In terms of Dating, whatever's out there. I use dating apps, I've met people through friends. Where did I meet my ex boyfriends? So, last one I met on Bumble, the one before that was on Tinder, the one before that was just kind of through friends actually. The one before that, actually, my mum worked with at the Chinese restaurant, so he was the Asian guy, and the one before that was, oh, so one I met in the year above me that I met at a party. So, yeah, predominantly has been online and I've talked about this before when it comes to fetishising Asian girls. So I tend to ask the question before I start dating any guy, if they're not Asian, have you dated Asian girls before? And I'm just intrigued to see what the response is, whether there's any defensiveness, whether they're just like, oh no, I haven't, why? Or whether they're like, yes, I have, and they are X race, Um, and then I might then probe a bit further if I'm able to because I'm a nosy fucker and ask them okay so how many Asian girls have you dated before and sometimes you ask it innocently as if you're just being naive about the whole subject and if they then say oh well I've always had a thing for Asians I'm like "Eh -eh, goodbye you're gone forever delete put into a trash can remove contents of trash can I don't know what your thoughts are on that do you do the same if you guys are single or in the past when you've come across guys who have dated Asian girls does it bother you because I'm very very defensive about the whole thing and I I've not changed my mind on it for a good few years now I'm yet to be convinced that there aren't guys out there who do have yellow fever so to speak So when I was in London, I was single for about a year after myself and my ex, John, who created this jingle, we broke up. And I remember dating this black guy very briefly. I think we went on just two or three dates. And I remember being on the phone to my mum I was walking home back to my flat in Finsbury Park. And I remember saying to her, and this was a purposeful decision, to test the waters in terms of what her reception was to so the fact that i was dating a black guy so i said to her oh mum i've been on a few dates with a black guy and her reaction was which basically means if if you don't understand cantonese no you're not are you um which really surprised me that that was her first initial reaction because She is an extremely liberal and quite westernized Chinese person, yet she still holds these extreme views when it comes to race. And this guy in particular, he had a really good job in finance, he went to private school, he was very well-spoken, extremely educated, extremely smart, and the first thing that she bases him on is the fact that he's a black guy. And we ended up having a slight tiff over it and we've mentioned it since kind of when we're having dinner at home oh mum hypothetically if I brought home a black guy what would you say and her answer is always something like oh it's best if you don't and I can't blame her for these views she means well in the sense that she only knows what she knows and I know it's a generational thing And she's very ignorant to a lot of cultures that are out there. The fact that she grew up in Hong Kong, probably having never seen a black or brown person ever, then coming over to the UK and, again, working in takeaways and restaurants and not really interacting with other cultures as such apart from white people has probably led her less exposed to different types of races and cultures, and that probably bled down to how we were brought up as well. So I remember, this is awful. My dad used to drive through Moss Side, which is predominantly a black community, and every time he did, he would always lock the car doors. And I distinctly remember, and I feel quite ashamed saying this, but I distinctly remember doing that. I do, I lock the car door now wherever I go, but. I always remembered like thinking oh, I need to lock the door when I want to get through Moss Side and it wasn't until I started thinking about why I'm doing that and obviously there are high crime rates within that area of Moss Side it's it's not a, it's a very very kind of poor socioeconomic area and the fact that I was doing that without being in any danger whatsoever was really quite alarming until I became very conscious of it so th- those kind of views that my parents held it does kind of play on my mind when it comes to say for example if I do bring home a black or brown guy what challenges would we have to overcome when it comes to introducing them to the family having said that I'm still open because race is such a huge and important topic and I've read lots of books around racism and why this is so prevalent still in our country obviously still open to dating any race, any culture, but it does play my mind that it would probably come with a difficult conversation with my mum if I did decide to bring home someone who was a minority, which is actually really sad to say. I didn't think this topic would get so deep and quite raw and honest, I thought this was going to be probably a lot more light-hearted and come out with more juicy stories, but I mean it is what it is really, isn't it? I think I'm quite interested to hear whether you guys have had similar experiences. Have you ever dated someone outside of your race that your parents haven't been open to or haven't welcomed? Because I've definitely heard stories uh, within my own family in regards to other minority races dating and it's taken them years and years for them to come on board, but actually everything's fine now. So, It's really interesting isn't it because we are a minority in ourselves and yet within our group there is so much xenophobia to other races which comes from complete ignorance. And all we can do is be patient and educate them. That's all we can do. I used to get really angry about it and I still do from time to time. I've found that being angry sometimes doesn't help and being patient and being able to talk about it openly and honestly is probably the best way to overcome these things half the time so I mean yeah I'm gonna end it here it's midnight now would love to hear your thoughts really interested to find out more about you guys and whether you've had similar experiences to me if you have please drop me a message I'll keep it anonymous and I can share it on the next podcast my Instagram is at bivthediv and yeah, it's been great talking to you guys as usual. Please keep the comments coming in because if it's just me talking to myself, then there's no point in doing this. So the fact that we're continuing this conversation, it's what it's all about. It's what the aim of the whole podcast was. So I appreciate any comment, big or small. Thank you very much, guys. See you next time. Goodbye.